0: Welcome, Oncers. You have discovered the Once Upon a Time fan podcast. This is an unofficial podcast dedicated to the hit ABC TV show, Once Upon a Time. And now, here are your hosts, Jeff and Colleen Roney. Welcome, everyone. Hello. We have returned. We have indeed. From the long hiatus. Yes. And we are glad that you are listening to us. That is true. Yes. However you're listening to us, however you found us, thank you very much. We are glad you are here. This is our first thoughts episode for the episode entitled Darkness on the Edge of Town. hmm And this is episode number 263. The show notes can be found at com slash 263. I just want to thank everyone for supporting our podcast and what we do here by going to com slash support. We really appreciate that. And now we're going to dive into our thoughts on darkness on the edge of town. Just in general, what did you think?
1: i will tell you that i had a little bit of a tough time at first with the episode kind of seeing where they're going things it felt to me like it was dragging things out to set up for the end the end was a bigger payoff for me than i expected and Mm -hmm. it was kind of predictable sort of in a way but uh but i thought it it turned out okay
0: this was a little it was like a car that It it took a little time to kind of get going. Right. It was, they were trying to start it and it it kind of got started and then it didn't, and then they started again and it, it was, yeah, kind of bumpy.
1: I will tell you that what I think this episode represents was an opening for this half of the season. So they were setting up a lot of things that are going to happen in this season, this half of the season, I should say. They set a lot of that stuff up here in the beginning in this episode, and that's why I think it kind of took a little while.
0: Really quick, we all know that Eddie and Adam are rock music fans. I think they're music fans. Yeah. And the minute they announced that the name of this episode was Darkness on the Edge of Town – someone noticed it quickly that that's a Bruce Springsteen song. Hmm. And so there's some interesting lyrics. I put the lyrics of the song up here, and it talks about everyone's got a secret, Sonny. I talk about secrets where no one asks any questions. Uh, It also talks about losing. I lost all my money. I lost my wife. Hmm. That kind of a thing. So anyway, I put the lyrics up here. You can read through and maybe they pulled a little bit here and there maybe i'm reading too much into it but there's that i
1: don't think so and i don't know the song i'm not familiar with that one but i will tell you that based on what you just said i think that ties in very nicely and describes the episode in a nutshell
0: especially rumple for sure and oh, and definitely. other other uh, yeah the the other a lot of them. three yeah. yeah so let me mark this here and then we will move forward that's what i want Right there. Okay, so at the beginning we see one of the classic tropes of people gathering together uh-huh. from a mysterious note. They called it a summons, which is actually kind of funny as well. Yeah. They were summoned to this area and they didn't know where they were going.
1: Specifically to Maleficent's Castle. True.
0: Her but fortress. Forbidden fortress. Yes. Mm -hmm. which is on, like, Hidden Fortress, which is a a Kurosawa film. Anyhow, but they were some in there. The the minute any of us started watching, of course, Rumpel's behind it. He's behind everything. He has everything going on. But it was so funny that, that they walked into Maleficent's castle, and she's defending, oh, you're trespassing. You need to get out of yeah. here. What are you doing here? I didn't
1: invite you. And she's like, well, I got very specific instructions, you know, blah, so blah, blah.
0: Ursula arrived first. Yeah. And so she pulled the old, she pulled her staff and Ursula took two two of her uh, arms mm-hmm. and grabbed both her, sides there. Her tentacles. Tentacles. Yes. <laughs> and then Cruella arrived. And the the one question that we all had is, is Cruella magical? Because in the film, she has no magic. she has no magic. She's She's just evil. And it's been a long time since I've seen the actual 101 Dalmatians. I love that movie. I've not seen that in a long time.
1: Oh, we should watch it.
0: Anyhow, we now know that it kind of reminds me of, I don't know if you recall, but when Regina would... Blew on her magical book that she got from Cora. That smoke would come off of there, and right. and all that kind of thing. Right. It kind of reminded me of that. I, I guess
1: Rumble Gorilla
0: has magical breath. Well, and she can control her creatures. Yes. We saw a number of yes, 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 yes.
1: And as Rumble actually put it later on in the episode, he referred to it as her powers of persuasion.
0: Yeah, and he kept mentioning Jen, which. You know, gin on well, your breath. Okay. Right, so, right. Right.
1: Well, yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. So I was saying that uh, they were summoned to Maleficent's Forbidden Fortress by a mysterious person. That rhymes with Kumpel Gilskin. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So yeah. anyway, it was a classic thing. Like, I don't know if you've seen Murder on the Oran Express. Mm-hmm. And the movie Clue, where, you know, I just got an invitation to be here. I don't know why I'm here, but then there's a reason why they're all there together. And I was wondering if this summon note was written with magical squid ink. Mm. I don't know. Mm. He's used that a number of times, at least to write notes with Emma's name. So so the two hounds, I, I think they were Rottweilers?
1: They looked very much like they were Rottweilers.
0: So there are these in Roman or, or in, in literature, sometimes the strong characters have these two guard dogs. And I, sure. I would imagine. Typically Dobermans sort,
1: are used, right. but Rottweilers are also very common as well. And Rottweilers ha- are very intimidating looking. And that's part of the reason why they're used.
0: I love as we got past that first section that we have this kind of welcome to storybrook It was also a tip of the hat back to the pilot starting again we see the clock at eight fifteen, moving to eight sixteen. 16 sure. so it's kind of like remember oh we're we're not there we're we're beyond that now. right and, it's, right. It's and new the music time. that
1: was playing behind yeah. it was also a very lovely theme that i love listening to all the time it's called things are changing in storybrook yes so that was played when emma arrived in storybrook or when she made a decision to stay in storybrook i believe the first time in the in the first season so it was very clearly, you know, this is what's going on, and it's it's they, it was a nice little vignette of life is moving on as usual here in this lovely protected little town. You know, Henry gets on the school bus. He's now in class with Mary Margaret. Yes,
0: I I wanted to say this too is that someone asked Adam and Eddie, is Henry ever going to go back to school? He's no, doesn't go to school. He's having all these adventures. <laughs> And they said, he will go back to school. And And this was exactly the answer to that. And it looked
1: to me like they were high schoolers, you know, young Mm. high schoolers, like maybe freshmen. And it was very, you know, they weren't elementary school age kids, uh, didn't look like to me. And, you know, Mary Margaret's teaching science, it looks like. And she was specifically referring to birds in this one, because, of course, she knows birds really well.
0: So So we see a sort of bluebird. Mm-hmm. In her hand, which again harkens back to the pilot, and right. Regina, it, it appears
1: is back in is the mayor's office. Back
0: in the mayor's office, yeah. Yeah. and I would guess that Snow and her had a discussion and said, "You know, I'm I'm leaving my post as mayor." I think they did you- at the end
1: of. End of okay. the first half.
0: I don't recall I'm pretty but that,
1: sure she said, Regina, you need to be mayor again. I don't want to do okay. this anymore.
0: Yeah, huh? yeah. I, I okay. I'm Pretty I, sure that's
1: what happened.
0: I do remember that now. But uh she came in, burnt that painting that she, <laughs> she made hated. the cracks at and yeah. she hated that painting yeah. and You're she her little touches back on. Right. And moving back in and starting to get back in the swing of things, we see Granny babysitting Little Neil. And we see Emma getting that sheriff badge out. Yep. She's back on the job. Yep.
1: And then she kisses Hook, who by the way, is looking more like a normal dude instead of an, mm-hmm. a guy liner pirate, which is awesome because he looked pretty awesome. He always looks awesome. I mean he could wear a gunny sack and I'd still think he looks awesome. So
0: Well and and another thing I, I did like is that this is a really progressively written show. Yeah. And Hook got her coffee. Yeah. Which, you know, it's a little thing, but anyway, I thought it was kind yeah, of it's a. very sweet. Yeah.
1: Nice little gesture.
0: So, as things move on, I, I did not take notes as far as who we are, where we are, and all this stuff, but there's a police file on this big board. Well, you missed an important of piece of all the.
1: You missed an important piece of the whole talk, the vignette of the town. As it's still happening, we see Emma and Hook walk past. Man, the gold shop yeah. is closed. But Bell opens up the library. Right. Right. Now we see the police file and yeah. all this typical, very typical crime show, cop show, uh, mystery, you know, kind mm-hmm. of a thing where, you know, there's all these clues and you tie everything together and you're, there's little pieces and, and uh, we see that on the wall and Hook is just mad. Yeah. And he just finally just gets really mad because it's been six weeks. And they still don't know how to get the fairies out of the hat. And he's feeling guilty because he put them in there. Right. And he didn't do it of his own free will. And that's the problem he's having is he cannot let it go. It doesn't matter. He still did it. And so he's desperate to let them free just because I think he really wants so badly to be a hero. And he doesn't feel like he is one. And that's why he gets very unhappy about it. And Belle just... Kind of like just relax. We're working on it. We're, we're and the internet's going to help us.
0: The internet, and then she said that the finest minds in the world.
1: Right, <laughs> right.
0: So we all thought that there, that was everything behind the internet with the finest minds in the world.
1: Well, yeah. yeah. Poor little Bell doesn't know what the internet's full of.
0: True. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's me and two other people. <laughs> so anyway. Then Hook was talking about love is a weapon. Yeah. And I, I don't really like that term, but he said it is powerful and it can manipulate you. And not in a bad way, but I think love makes you do crazy things.
1: It does, and And, the whole point of him saying that love was a weapon was not that he believes love is a weapon. He believes that it it has the capability of being used as a weapon, and unfortunately, that's what Rumpel did for both of them. He used Hook's love for Emma against him, and he used Belle's love for him against her. Yes. So he did use it as a weapon. I don't believe Hook thinks that love is a weapon. I think he feels angry that it was used in that manner because it shouldn't be.
0: And the nicest thing is, Hook said, he's, even though he was a bastard, yep. he loved you.
1: Absolutely. And it
0: was nice that Hook, even through all the stuff that Rumple did, yeah. which was a lot oh, yeah. lied, cheated, manipulated, oh, yeah. created all this havoc, he knew, Hook knew that Rumple still loved Belle. Yeah.
1: And that wasn't pretty and, words either. Right. That could have been pretty words, but it was not. Coming from Hook, it was definitely not. And and it was very obvious that he saw that. And it was sweet that he gave Bell that little bit of hope.
0: Right. That's really what one of the legs of the show is built on, is yeah. hope. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, here's one of the things that I thought I, I would enjoy, but it kind of... I'm glad it didn't last long. Rumpel in New York was not very interesting. Now, you know me. Yeah. I enjoy a good character being taken apart and just taken through the ringer to get down to the depth of who that character is. Well, we've reached that point with Rumple, Living in New York, does not even living on his own.
1: No, no, no. He he basically was sponging off of Ursula. Funny. Did did you, that's did a joke, you, yeah. I, saying, I see what <laughs> you did was, there. See what <laughs> I, know. I did there? Uh, sponging off of Ursula, and the funny thing is, she didn't have to say yes. But there's a part of her that's hoping that he's going to be honest with her this time, which I think is hilarious. Considering he's stuck in New York, the Dark One is now reduced to living on a couch, eating ramen right. from somebody he basically stabbed in the back years and years and years mm-hmm. and years and years and years and years ago. Right. I wouldn't have trusted him if I were her.
0: It. It reminds me of the movie Trading Places.
1: Yeah, kind of. Where
0: the, uh, I, forget, I forget the actor's name anyway.
1: Dan Aykroyd and Dan Aykroyd, and Roy, the
0: rich, rich character. Louis. Yeah. Louis. Louis Winthrop III. Yes. Taken out of that. Take All his money was taken away. All of his clout, all of his power was taken yeah. away. Yeah. And he was thrown out onto the street. Right. And he kept saying, do you know who I am to all these people? Do you know what I, uh, how much money I have and all the credit cards? And everyone's like, you, you don't have anything. I don't yeah. know who you are. Yeah. These credit cards that you're giving me are, are worthless. Right. And that's kind of like what Rumple basically mm-hmm. is. Yeah. All he's saying is words and... Ursula and Cruella keep coming back with the same thing. It's like, this is coming from you, who not only have you, you tricked us before, yeah. but you don't have any magic now. They threw you out of your town. And I know we're skipping ahead, but it's just like, they were saying, yeah. you have nothing. right? And yet he still manipulated his way and lied his, well, he worked his way back. I it was amazing yeah, to watch. Yeah. If I were them, I would have kicked him to the curb long before. Oh, heck yeah. You ain't going to yeah. stay in my house.
1: But see, Rumble, oh. having the power of the ability to see the future, had to have known at some point in right. time because he should still be able to see the future, right? right? Right. Theoretically. So it'll be interesting to see what happened with that whole power that he has. But yeah, I mean, here he is. And and when he got that email, I was like, okay, first of all, it looked like AOL to me, which I thought was freaking hilarious. But then I'm thinking to myself, who's he emailing? Who's he talking to? And I just didn't know who it was at that point. I figured it was somebody who, and I originally thought it was actually someone who was telling him about what was happening with Cruella. Because that was the next and thing that's, they did. And that's
0: what I thought, too. And that right. was a
1: very well-played um, little twist on things for us because mm-hmm. I really thought it was somebody emailing him who had been you know, keeping tabs on Cruella, and that's what I assumed. Or, you know, like a Google alert that he got that, hey, you know, because right. the next thing we see is Cruella and, and her beautiful house and all her stuff and her husband and uh, everything she has. Except for the fur coat that she had from before. Right. And then the car that, of course, she wildly drove out of there. That was pretty pretty awesome. Which, by the way, is a very nice nod to the movie. Yeah. As well as the book. Because, by the way, there was a, the, the movie, Disney's movie, was based on a book that was written a few years before. And in the book, apparently, Carola had a husband. We never met him, never knew anything about him. He was just mentioned. But he was not mentioned in the movie, so... That was kind of funny. That that was a little tip of the hat to the original book.
0: And we've seen, and not specific, but we've seen very powerful characters, mm-hmm. whether they be religious leaders or Martha Stewart or these types of characters who are very rich right. and powerful, right. just get things just taken away from them, oh, kicked yeah. out of their house, yeah. the, and they're gone. What, Which, what, musical icons, entertainment, we we've seen it all before.
1: When when you've got the FBI involved, it's pretty good odds that there's like tax evasion or any number of nefarious Ponzi type scheme, kind of a thing going on here. So who knows? I mean, it could have been a nod to the whole Bernie Bernie Madoff thing. I don't know. But bottom line is, her husband's in big trouble and they're taking everything she's got. She's like, you're not going to take everything. This is mine. And so we see her kind of talking to Ursula and Rumpel and basically saying, buzz off, I don't want anything to do with either of you. And then they pretty much promise her things that, well, Rumpel promises her things that makes her think, all right, I'll give you a chance. Get in.
0: So now, everything I said about Rumpel, I still stand by. But if you turn the light to Cruella and Mm -hmm. to Ursula... They're basically the same. Sure. They have lost everything sure. as well. Sure. They're not in a land of magic. No. So all those things that they used as power before mm-hmm. are gone. And now even in the land without magic, now yeah. Cruella has nothing. Yeah. Except for a car and which, a coat.
1: Which, by the way, that car looked very similar to the one she drove in the movie. Sure. And I'll tell you what the car she drove in the movie. It was based on a 1936... Alvis Speed 20 SD Drophead Coupe.
0: Hmm. And did you see the license plate?
1: Dev Ill, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And that was kind of funny the way they did that because that's exactly how it was in the movie, mm-hmm. by the way. And the way she kind of sped around and kind of weaved and bought and was a terrible driver, yeah, that also was a nod to the 101 Dalmatians Disney animated feature.
0: I, I did want to say that Ursula was just really coming down on, on Rumpel. Oh, yeah. And he said, well, the only thing you're good at is complaining. Right. You complain about this and that. And then he just starts spinning his I Anyway, I, I wrote that down. But yeah. – so I think her last name was Feinberg?
1: Well, he she laughed because they said Cruella de Villain. She said, no one calls me that here. And he goes, yeah, but somehow Corella Feinberg didn't have the right, same right. ring to it. So my guess is that's her husband's name if that is in fact the case, which probably is. So that's kind of funny.
0: And when, when Rumpel was trying to kind of spin his web and get them on board and all this kind of thing – he said, "Well, you're ordinary. Do you right. want to stay ordinary?" And so we've heard that term before, right? And in the last kind of go round about it, it's like no one is ordinary. Right. Everyone has some type of thing that makes them unique, right? And so right. unique is the good side of weird, and <laughs> you're not, yeah, ordinary. And and some sometimes people say, "I want to be ordinary." But yeah, you're not, even though you want to be and mm-hmm. all that kind of thing. So
1: I totally get it. So in the fortress, now we have Rumpel explaining what's going on. And essentially what it boils down to is he says, look, you guys want your happy ending. You have certain things you want. That's your secret. Keep it. I don't care. But I'll tell you that if you want your happy ending, if you want the things that you want most, you have to procure the the dark curse. That That's just the reality of it. Right. And so they're like, okie-dokie.
0: And I was a bit confused because I remember even the first season, we know that somehow Rumple had the dark curse, then Maleficent got it back. Right. Or something Some, like that. She
1: ended up with it, and that's how Regina got it. Because Regina got it from her.
0: That's correct. And so we... I still enjoy this show, even though this was a bumpy episode. It reminds me of Citizen Kane, where it's all these pieces of the puzzle spread out all over, and they're not in order. And as you pick one up, you see more of it.
1: And I will tell you exactly why Rumpel had the curse. He had to take the curse first, because he didn't create the curse. All he did was build the safeguard of the Savior into it. Remember? Right. He wove the true love into it and the loophole. He did that. So in order for him to get that dark, he had to get the dark curse. He knew he couldn't do it on his own. He needed them to do it. But he also needed them. I think he could have done it by himself, frankly. He claimed he couldn't, but I think he could have. Sure. But I think he wanted to get them into it because he needed them to be mad enough at him to get the curse back so that Regina would end up with it. Right, because he Regina wouldn't have gone to him for the curse. Right. So anyway, bottom line is, it was very well orchestrated, and so that's the whole point of why Maleficent is going to eventually end up with curse. But he's got it. But that we're skipping ahead. Yeah, and
0: we'll talk kind of more specifically about that. So yes, he said we need to get the dark curse. Right. Then there was a discussion. I think in the present day. About the problem is, is the odds are stacked against us. Yes, there's this book. Yeah, the author. We need to
1: change the odds.
0: Change the odds, and then my there's a bell that was going off in my head, and I remembered all the different things. Life has rules, even for an anarchist, even for someone who's anti-establishment. There are still rules. Sure. And magic has rules. All these different things have rules, and so if you're going to play with magic, you have to play by the rules, even though you're a a villain, you're an evil character. Right,
1: and think about why that is. If there were no rules, chaos would reign supreme. Sure. If chaos was allowed to just run freely without any sort of confinements, restrictions, the world would implode at some point. yeah. Eventually, right, right. Hence the need for rules. It's balance. It's order. It's it's force. It's the force. It's you know Jedi right. and Sith. There has to be light, and I mean, it, you, you, light cannot be unbalanced. If it's all one way or the other, then you end up with. More problems you can shake a stick at, or you end up with total destruction. Do you know what I mean?
0: Sure, and and
1: that's what he's basically saying is he's saying look, the odds are stacked against us, but let's just let's just change those odds.
0: So changing the odds reminded me of the whole idea of the, the, the getting free of the confines of the dagger. Another thing he always wanted to do, right? And then, in, but yet keep his power, right? And once upon a time in Wonderland. Jafar wanted to do that magical curse to get outside of the bounds mm-hmm. of magic, right. of the rules of magic. Right. So there's all these characters that want to use magic and be evil, but at some point their head kind of pumps against the sides and the top and they go, but I don't want to be confined with these rules. Right. It's so. it's
1: the it's the syndrome of having your cake and eating it too. Right. You cannot have your cake and eat it too. It's one yeah. or the other.
0: And along with the idea of poor Rumple in the real world, the world with us, it was funny. The scene going up to the drive-through. I thought they were in traffic. I did too, and I was like. <laughs> Now, that's funny as heck. It was. For somebody who can so poof working. around in, in purple smoke, <laughs> this guy not only yeah. has to make his food with a microwave, right? and he's in a car. He can't just you know vanish here and there. Right? He's in traffic. But worse than that, he's in a drive-thru. He's
1: in a drive-thru.
0: Did you notice the name of the I place? I did.
1: Mr. Clucks. The right. The cluckety-cluck, cluck, cluckety-cluck, cluck. Wow, that's a tough one. Wow. Watch anyway, it now. know. I know. <laughs> But but the significance of that is that that is a nice little lost Easter egg because Hurley right. who played our lovely friend Andre the giant cuz his wasn't his name Andre? No.
0: What was his name? Andre was in The Princess Bride.
1: No, I know that, but what was
0: it Was tiny.
1: Tiny, but his real name was Andre, I thought. Okay. I'm almost positive it was Andre. I thought that was hilarious we we'll have to double-check that. Anyway, Listeners
0: will let us know.
1: Point is, Tiny the Giant, Hurley, the guy who played played him, Jorge Garcia, right. also played Hurley in Lost. And Hurley owned, eventually, once he won the lottery, owned a bunch of Mr. Cluck's chicken restaurants. So that was very funny that he owned, that they stopped in at a Mr. Cluck's. That's hilarious.
0: Absolutely.
1: And nice.
0: Anton. His name was Anton. I
1: tipped the imaginary hat to it. Eddie and Adam for that.
0: Yeah, but his name was Anton. not Anton. Andre.
1: Oh, I knew it was close to that. But okay.
0: anyway. All right, so the.
1: One of the things that was stated that I thought was very funny, and you just kind of brought it up a little while ago, is that Cruella, when Rumpel explained that it was the author that was going to help them get their happy endings, she said. And so basically, he's the one who wrote them as villains and wrote their, you know, tra- travails and troubles in life, and she says, well, so apparently it's the author to blame and not the djinn, which mm-hmm. I thought was funny because, sure. again, there's the gin reference. Anyway.
0: Yes, uh, and also we heard Damon Lindelof again on the speaker. I'm pretty sure that speaker. was Damon on the speaker. Damon does all the little little audio fun things yes, here and he there, does. and he did the weather, weather reporter, person. Yeah, yeah, he'd
1: send reporters in traffic and all that stuff.
0: All right, so the there was kale salads emma found and, and regina said well you went to somewhere besides granny's <laughs> and so emma didn't bring them beer but they she brought root beer
1: yeah she did
0: and having trouble getting off the top was kind of funny cuz regina said i am a queen i am refined i don't you don't think i would take that take top. the top off with my teeth do you so
1: and then that's kinda. when Mar- well and that was a very funny little conversation. It was very cute cuz you know Regina accused her of well kale salad that's very different. You normally eat, eat the you know you went somewhere else and Emma said, "Well, I can eat granny's che- grilled cheese, but I know you don't mm-hmm. care for it so much." And then that's when Regina was hilarious and said, "You eat like a child." That's right. kind of funny because technically, no well, fruit think about loops it, and fruit loops, Whatever, yeah, yeah. cocoa with cinnamon, which yeah. is you know, I'm I'm an adult and I love that, but grilled cheese and mm-hmm. she's eaten some other things that have been very you know very much like a little kid. So anyway,
0: but let's talk about what Emma found when she opened that drawer.
1: Yes, well, she went digging for a bottle opener, right? Because I have to ask. Why would Mary Margaret need a bottle opener in the mayor's office? I, I
0: don't know. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it was a Swiss <laughs> army knife or something. Well, she
1: said very clearly a bottle opener.
0: Okay. Fair enough. So I was, I trying, I was <laughs> trying to, I was trying to let snow off the hook, but no, uh, no way. All right. No,
1: Snow's not exactly, you know, we all know she's not. pristine. Well, I don't want to
0: skip anymore. to the end yet, yeah, but I anyhow, know.
1: but anyway, bottom line is she, she finds that uh, picture of Robin and Regina Taped back together, hiding in the drawer, and it was a very sweet conversation. You know, like best girlfriends talking about, you know, right. where'd you get this? This isn't your story. Where'd this come from? And that whole conversation, and she explained what happened to it and how it got there, and hope, and how Robin it was wanted her to and, get hope, and that was fantastic. And and you know, they were. All, I was really ready for. I'm going to say no that's not ridiculous at all. I think that's wonderful. You know what? And she did say, "Well, have you heard from him?" and I'm thinking to myself, "Why? He wouldn't how would he contact her?"
0: But I think it's a throwback to like you said girlfriend talk. Probably. Of, you know, there maybe there's a photo of an sure. old boyfriend. It's like, mm-hmm. "Has he ever contacted you anymore?" Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just that that kind of repartee mm-hmm. and, and, and mm-hmm. discussion. So, so that's what I and think. And
1: they're about to finish this conversation and get to the really good stuff. And then Hook and Bell burst in. Right. They love to burst in. You know, well, everybody burst in on everybody else around there. It's kind of funny.
0: True. and But the taping together of that page yeah. reminded me of a pretty famous movie. I don't know if you remember. Um, Back to the Future. Oh. Oh yeah. He told Doc, and Doc said, "I'm not interested. You're you're going to ruin the future." And yeah. he tore up that note.
1: Yeah, yeah. and then he taped and he it back. taped it
0: back together, and he yeah. kept it. Yeah. So, yeah. But yes, so they burst in and they said they figured it out and good there's news, some ancient news, ceremony it? and some Oxford professor whom they didn't name. And I go,
1: Linguistics professor. From I know Oxford. his name. Well, the funny thing is, he wouldn't have used his real name with her anyway. Right. But I was thinking to myself, wait a tick. I'm wondering if that's, could that be? And we find out later that, of course, we're right. But I was thinking to myself, Really, that's kind of convenient that she just happened to find him out of nowhere. And I'm thinking to myself, how did she find him exactly?
0: But, okay, I will give her this. She probably went and emailed Oxford. She probably knew Oxford University. That's my, where you my would money says find she
1: it. My money says she went out there to search for linguistics professors. Right. And when she, you know found one because Rumple would have known what they were going to do.
0: Yeah. Try I, to feed the,
1: feed the, wow, free I'm, the fairies.
0: Yeah, I'm not even going to try and connect all the dots on that thing. Let's just say I somehow. I think
1: we're going to figure it out later. They'll probably tell us later or we'll just have to assume that somehow Belle did some searching. She Googled it. He probably knew her email address and very possibly set up a fake page for himself. Do you know what I mean? Rumple's good at that stuff.
0: And, What's interesting is how in the world? Well, okay, I'll I'll give them this: that to open the container for the hat, whatever that was, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they needed the the knife, the dagger. Anyway, it was just there's a lot of stuff. That, plans sure.
1: ahead, and he knows. Sure, he's very smart.
0: I know. So the blue fairy. And the rest of the fairies yes. were removed from the hat.
1: Right. Because Regina you know, was the one who had to preside over it. Right. Which I thought was interesting. So Regina had to preside over it. And Regina, Hook, Emma, Snow, and Belle. Where was Charming in all this?
0: Charming was growing his hair. I noticed his hair was longer. Yeah. I know I skipped the head, but I just wanted to say yeah. that well, about we his Well, we finally hair. saw
1: him towards the end. I'm like, what the heck?
0: No Team 7. No Merry no. Men.
1: No. None well, of them. No, yeah, we there's a lot of people we haven't seen, but we digress. Right. Anyway, the parent. The point is, is the fairies are free, and Blue is really traumatized. I mean, like she yeah. was clearly just not having a good time. But
0: the Sorcerer's Apprentice.
1: No, but we knew that the whole point was the fairies were supposed to come okay. out. We didn't. All we right. didn't know. We knew that the the translation of it was to release the fairies. We didn't know about specifically anyone else right
0: now what so, kind of power if if the hat was supposed to be for power for ultimate power what kind of power did Chernabog have you know what I'm saying
1: Chernabog is an evil devil I know but, but again okay there's all kinds of stuff in there we don't know what's in the right. hat we we now know Chernabog was in there we know the fairies were in there and we know the sorcerer's apprentice is in there yes who else is in there
0: that's a good question
1: right right so, anyway, point is is that, I don't know if you picked this up, but Regina was shaking. Her hands were shaking while mm-hmm. she was holding the dagger. I mean, just yeah. after the whole thing was over, she was shaking. Yeah. And then they're all celebrating. woo the fairies are out. Oh, we're so glad to see you. And somehow everybody missed the black smoke. Yes. Coming right out the back side of the hat.
0: Another lost little tip of the hat there. I'm like, what? Right. How?
1: How... We see this. How do you not see this?
0: Well, they were hugging and, then it, and, and then welcome it flies back. Away. And,
1: and then it flies. I know. I, I have no words.
0: I know. So. Yeah. So then we see another scene, I guess back in the day, back in the well, fairy tale land somewhere.
1: Right after Chernobog's released. Right. Then, of course, we see Rumple telling the girls, his girls, I'm calling them Rumples. Right demons. I don't know what else to call wow. them. Wow. They're just
0: <laughs> the uh, ladies. They're these. witches? Rumpel's witches okay. and fairies? I All don't right. know.
1: Anyway, point is is that he uh he tells them, Oh, it's guarded, you know, it's on it's on Bald Mountain and it's guarded by obstacles. And they're like, wait a second, you lied. You didn't tell us any of this stuff. And he says, Right, but here's the thing. Each of you has something special to suit each of the obstacles and of course the first thing is the blood scarabs that right Cr- uh Cruella had to subdue with her persuasion of powers of persuasion
0: what did that remind you of um i don't know the mummy the movie oh the well mummy.
1: that too yeah I suppose. and also
0: just about every journey album cover they had
1: oh all right
0: Bad scarabs on there did they yes they did
1: well there you have it and the blood scarabs were in, interested in blood. And so I thought it was interesting that all Cruella had to do was basically. I have a
0: job for you. And- have
1: one little scarab instead of like breathing on all of them. I was waiting for her to go around going
0: <sighs> all over the But world. they all did turn green. <laughs> and did. then they all left <laughs> they the did. doorway.
1: They did. So she has the ability to control creatures, powers mm-hmm. of persuasion over creatures. Not necessarily humans, but well, maybe, I guess. We don't know. But for sure, over creatures.
0: I just, I want to apologize for all the jokes about Cruella DeVille's breath that are being recorded right now oh, from I'm podcasts sure. all over the world because yeah. they're yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, uh, Adam if you're and gonna, Eddie.
1: If you're going to give her the power of persuasion, you're going to make it green. Just saying. But anyway.
0: Yeah. All right. So, and then- yes. And what I, what I do like, though, is these are in- intrinsic to the writing style of this show all the obstacles have strength and so he brought along people that had those strengths to combat those obstacles right. which i think was a brilliant move and it also fits in with destiny and why are we here and well it, it gives
1: so him it gives him the advantage of manipulating them right into they have a vested interest in this right right mm-hmm.
0: So so we see, first of all, then I see, okay, so we have the scarabs. Right. Then we had the fire, the, the dragon's Forged breath the dragon's fire. Breath. Mm-hmm. And so Maleficent took care of that and collected it all up in her staff, into right. the mouth of the dragon on her staff. Yes. That was done. She goes, next time, give me something tough.
1: Tough, right.
0: Then the third thing is, I guess there was some kind of trap door, some magical thing on the steps going up there. Because Ur- he said, Ursula, can you grab that dark curse for me? Right. And so she did and gave it to him. I don't know why she gave it
1: to him. Yeah, that it was really that not was very why smart. they were there. Pretty much, yeah. She
0: should have kept it and said, now let's get out of here. Right. Because once she gave it to him, then he goes, oh, okay. Oh, one more thing. There's a guard. It's Chernabog. Here you go, Chernabog, wearing a belt. What was with the belt? It was like he was a wrestler. Chernabog, the wrestler with the belt.
1: Maybe that's where his power came from. I don't
0: know. It was like a little shield or something. I don't even want... uh, Anyway, it was a belt with some kind of shield or something. Yeah, yeah. So then Chernabog was going to find the the most evilest heart. Of course, (laughs) that would have been... That would have been Rumpel, sure. <laughs> but Rumpel left. Right. He went out the door and he was gone. Right. So, yeah, it was that was something. The then I was watching Cruella driving, and oh, yeah. I, I, I felt like she had taken a couple of hits of gin. But then you said no, she drove crazy in the
1: well. And the whole movie. point is that yeah, she did cry, drive a little crazy in the movie. But part of that was she had two bumbling idiots with her in the car. Oh.
0: Okay, fair enough. And
1: and not only that, but I think she might have been nipping at the nipping at the (laughs) gin.
0: So then the plan begins to come together, and they really did. They really took Rumpel apart because they go, "You can't even walk." Yeah, you You are so powerful, but you can't.
1: can't What are you doing? And then that's when he says, "No, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. (laughs) Let me just tell you." But before, he, but, but before he even ex- reveals all that, we you know Corella basically they knock his cane over, knock him off his feet. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of mean to him. Reminds me a little bit of season one with uh, the creepy guard dude who made him kiss his right. boot. Remember yeah, that yeah. whole thing? Mm-hmm. That was kind of mean and nasty. And then he says, "No, no, no. You have to understand. Here's the plan. I, yeah, I kind of sort of lied a little bit about the town, but." Really, truly, here's the plan. And by the way, not only will we get in there, you'll get everything you want, but you're going to be invited in. Is really what it's going to, how it's going to come down, right? Right.
0: And that's and then, how it happened. And
1: and that is exactly how it happened. And then we see Cruella going. You know what? You're kind of not really in a position of power here. You should probably rethink this. She's packing heat, man.
0: Yeah. See, Cruella had a Cruella gun. Yeah, she with did. red jewels on it. Yeah, and it was pretty, pretty wild looking gun. Yeah, to, that's the first time, if I recall, we've ever seen a gun in Storybrooke.
1: Mm-mm. Emma, Emma's had a gun. Yeah, for she's had one. Okay, that's right. That's she's right. had one. She's used it. She used it on the flying monkeys at one point, season yeah. three.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's right. She uh, she also shot at the, the dragon too. Right, so. and yep. I don't think All we've right.
1: ever seen. And I don't think we've ever seen a a storybook storybook not storybrook, storybook character. Yeah, with a gun. Okay, they've always had arrows and swords and you know bow and arrow swords and and things like that. But yeah, magic. Charming's partial yeah. to his sword. And that's okay. Charming's partial to his sword. But didn't he at one point have the gun too? He, he used, did. He but he's, he's not a well. But anyway. Let's move on from the from the gun talk yeah, because that's kind four of four
0: seasons. My head is a little fuzzy yeah. about all the different anyway, things.
1: So here we have Hook and Emma, <laughs> where he was pa- waiting patiently outside the ladies' room for her.
0: It would appear, and that's, that's what I of, asked you. Yeah, I said, did of, she come out of the restroom?
1: Kind of feels like that's what happened
0: because they were in the back. Now maybe she was staying at Granny's, but that's not where she Unless, lives.
1: No, but he's staying at Granny's. Maybe she stayed with him.
0: I, I don't know, possible. Okay. That'd
1: be my guess.
0: So, the uh, I want to go back really quick to one of Ursula's comments. She goes, Is that why we're here? Because of a girl?
1: Oh, yeah. You
0: were banished by your maid? She was just laying into him.
1: Yeah. They were really mean so. to him. They were mean and nasty. Anyway, so back to Hook and Emma. Yes. Hook is feeling a little, uh, he's feeling a little down on himself. Right. And he feels bad. He genuinely feels bad about what happened and what he did while he was not in control of his heart.
0: He tried to confess, too. He did. He and told and she really kind of poo pooed it like, oh, no, no, she don't. Says, no,
1: no, no. Look, you, you have a check mark mm-hmm, on the hero's side. Right. You didn't do that. That was Rumple that did all that. So uh, don't worry about any of that because you didn't have your heart in. And that, because she knows that. She gets that. Anything he did that was out of ordinary, out of character for him, it was. Attributed 100% to Rumple holding his heart, and that was the truth.
0: Right. Now, if you are a new listener to our podcast, welcome to our podcast. But this may be a little confusing. But for, for those of you who have been listening for a long time, we saw the most important character. Well, to me, <laughs> one of the coolest characters tonight. The Cap Man.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. The cap
0: Man was talking and having a good time. Boy. And that is
1: cap with a P as in hat. Yes. Not cat, like a feline. Meow, meow. No. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Cap Man. So
0: if you are new to the podcast, you can go to uh, onceuponatimepodcast.com and go in the search bar and type in Cap, C-A-P, like Paul, space man. Yeah. And you will find other little shots of, screenshots of a Catman. man yeah he's just, from a, other, he's just a
1: background character we don't know who he is <gasps> what if he's the author
0: <laughs> i'm telling you i'm telling you i knew he was going to be important not of the funniest thing you. if he
1: is the author I'm telling i still you. think i have my own theory about the author but but it but if there's going to be a person that's quote unquote the author he's
0: important or what if he he's the sorcerer what
1: if he's a sorcerer i'm
0: telling to tell you. i'm
1: telling you he's he's all
0: right
1: he's important but anyway
0: so there was an interesting speaking of that there's an interesting conversation that they um that Regina was having with Blue yeah and Emma yeah about the book and Henry and Henry but Blue kind of was really kind of she wasn't forthright with information she said maybe this Maybe the author is male or female. I don't know. I'm Nobody kind really of, knows. Nobody knows. And the author is different than the definitely sorcerer. Not,
1: yeah, definitely not the sorcerer. And so
0: every step they take, they're taking more and more steps into this. And they're learning, I don't know if it's correct information, but they're learning more information. We also now know, that MS, oh, someone said, I think it was blue, but there's hidden clues. In Henry's book, as to who the author is, right. where he is, because she was really kind of shifty around. But, well, but we I don't think, know.
1: Maybe. I think part of that, I don't think she was being shifty on purpose. I think she honestly doesn't know. And it kind of is one of those things where she feels like it's probably better to not know. She doesn't have any reason I to I think go to she the
0: knows gallery. a lot more. But it, I, when I watched her face, she was like, Holding a lot in. She, so.
1: she was very confused by the whole thing. I think it was really cool, though, when, when Regina looked at her and said, it's a crazy idea. And she goes, no, actually, it's not. Mm-hmm. I just don't know who it is, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, it was that whole thing. I still hold to the subscription that everyone is their own author. Sure. That, I still come back to that. It's all in the choices you make, and I think that that's the, the, the point.
0: I have a theory that they're going to look for the rest of this season – For this author, they are going to find what they think is the author, that person, whoever they are, or thing, whatever it is, will say, "I, I was the author, or people always think I'm the author, but actually, I'm not the author, the book writes itself it's all about choices it's about and maybe whatever. the
1: author is just the scribe of what's actually happening because the uh, the author sees everything that's going on and just writes down what writes, yeah. writes down what is happening but it's not really the author right. that is writing the story it's everyone writes their own story the yes. author may be just the one who's filling in the the details on the page yeah
0: you you tell me what to write by the life that you live exactly i don't create it it's really up to you. that is so Adam and Eddie, and that's oh, so yeah. what they've done this yeah. whole time, yeah. and yeah. that that's what I think. I, so. I
1: absolutely 100 percent believe that.
0: So and like sto- I said
1: Catman, he's always there. The so Cat I'm just man. telling you he could be the author. The
0: Catman is is my man Catman.
1: and everything's all they're trying to get more details and blah,
0: yeah. Chernabog.
1: Chernabog's on the loose. and,
0: and so he's not sto- on the clock tower Storybrook is the new New York. And <laughs> Storybrooke gets attacked by giants and wraiths and yeah. all kinds of yeah. snow monsters. And oh, sure. man, it's sure. crazy. Sure. But yeah, Chernobog's up there on top of the clock tower. Unbelievable! All right, so then we learn more information about this magical hat. Once something comes out of the hat, it cannot be trapped in it again. So write that down. We
1: we learn that a little bit later in the in the show, but yes, not too much later than this. All right, first before this, all the the learning of the information about the hat, we see that back in the you know flashback. Chernabog's trying to decide which of the three ladies he's gonna choose, and Maleficent comes up the plan. Look, two of us need to, you know, one of us needs to be a distraction. The other two need to escape through that crack in the wall, mm-hmm. and then help, you know, co- you know, collectively use powers to help that third one who's making the sacrifice, so that we all survive this. And of course, they're like, well, how are we gonna know which one? Blah blah blah. And then finally, they all three step out. And Turnabout goes, oh, yeah, Maleficent, that'd be you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's like, of course I knew it would be me. Yeah. Well, of course she did, because she's the most evil of the three so far that we're aware of, right? Yes. Okay, so now, back in town, the town folks are freaking out. Yeah. They're going willy-nilly, screaming, running like crazy. Rah! And, of course, nothing's happening. It's just sitting on the clock tower. rah. No, it's we well, it's flying around. Well, now and, it's starting yeah. to fly around, and then it comes after. You know, mm. Regina and Emma and and Snow and those guys—they all duck, and then the Chernobog flies away, and then so you know.
0: Well, no, it was really neat to see Regina and Emma both. Oh. unite with their power to well, repel right Chernobog. that comes
1: after because they they dodge the Chernobog right. They go around the corner, and that's when Hook is like, that's in the whole conversation about. You can't put it back in the hat. you got to right. destroy no, it. And, Ho- and Hook basically says, hey, why don't the two of you use your magic and defeat mm-hmm. it? And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, right, yeah, we got this. And they both just woo, work together. No no hesitation, no question. They just they go do it. Yep. And they scared away, basically.
0: Yes, indeed. And I noticed the chop shop, Bo peep chop shop, and... Uh, Sarah Foster or the Snow Queen's Any Given Sunday is still there. Yes. So I don't think the rent's going to get paid on either no, of those places. No, not so much. But it, it was really funny, The what I call the, the psychic townspeople, because everybody knew what to do. After the Chernobog oh, yeah. was were repelled for the moment, yeah. it's like okay, okay, and they're, okay, Belle. Yeah, oh, that, right, right. I'm gonna investigate how we whatever. I'm gonna get read up and on it. And then Snow, can you? Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. I'm gonna do that. It's and like then the Hook. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. This is not our first time. Monster. Right. Not this, our first monster. Yeah. So so then we have. I know. I'm gonna. I'm skipping ahead, but we see Rumple's plans start to unfold. So. Yeah. The truth is, is that Ursula and Cruella have faced this Chernabog before. Right. So they would be perfect to in- allow inside Storybrooke right. to help them defeat.
1: But that's, and, and what it is, is Rumple knows this. Mm-hmm. They don't know what's going on. Right. Because Rumple's just said, here, here's the phone. And all you have to do is just press press this button and she goes i know how to use a phone right <laughs> which i thought was hilarious and then she we see that she's dialing regina and regina no no voices no nothing is said but regina senses through the line that it's ursula and she's like oh it's the sea witch and so then she and well Emma, she
0: said another word but anyway yeah, yeah.
1: I'm cleaning it up for our children that might be listening. She says, you know, uh, Emma's going, what's going on? And so the two of them, they put on a speaker and so they're talking to her. And then we hear Chernobog outside flying around outside, which by the way, we had seen him before the phone call came through. We saw him flying around out there looking, mm-hmm. you know, and Regina and Emma are trapped inside the mayor's office. And so they're closing curtains, trying to block out the, you know, the view of it. And, and, uh, then the conversation happens, and Chernabog screeches, and Ursula goes, Ah, so you're dealing with Chernabog. And they're they're like, What? She explains how she'd faced it before, and then we get this whole conversation of, Well, you know, um, we know how to face it. I know how to face it. And they're like, Well, isn't that convenient? And they realize that they can actually, if they work together to manipulate the situation a little bit they can get the information they need to defeat it and then they can let them into the town lines because that's really ultimately the goal that was ultimately rumple's goal and again it fits in with what he said earlier was you're going to be invited to come in
0: right so the the chernabog was led to the town town line Based yes. on the information that they yes. got, yes, and so it was the old speed up and then slam on the brakes because the Chernobog was on top of the car. Uh, Regina was not convinced this would work, and she just disappeared from the car, but stood at the line. Yeah, so she was actually really made a pivotal hate. point because the Chernobog could see her at the town line, right? And so gonna was going to definitely fly for it, you know. If
1: but whatever. here's the thing, it said that. And Rumpel even said this to them as well, to the girls when he left them there with the Chernabog. It feeds on the person who has the most potential for the most evil. Right. Right? Right. And honestly, it makes sense. I knew immediately it wasn't after Regina. Regina doesn't have the most potential for the most evil because she's turning away from that. She's not the likeliest candidate. Emma, on the other hand, was the perfect candidate because going from one side being the savior to something very evil on the other side made a lot more sense. So I knew it was after her, which is why it didn't leave her alone in the car when Regina got out of the car.
0: I I know that's kind of where they're they're heading Absolutely. from the promo. Yeah. But I don't see any proof of that. If anything, I saw the proof of that maybe from hook kind of flying off the handle you know what i mean i didn't see Mm. that from emma oh
1: no i see absolutely that she has and here's here's why i think that that is a possibility there's a fairly well-known saying that there's a very thin line between love and hate right and that the fact is there is a very thin line between good and evil there really is Mm -hmm. how close you get to that line is entirely up to you 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 know, you can be right up next to that line and still not cross it. And that's on either side. Or you can stay as far away from that line as possible. True. And Emma being the good savior that she is and being this whatever, she has pulled herself. Regina has crossed over the line and is trying to get as far away from the line as possible. Mm-hmm. That's Regina's journey. Right. Emma's on the other hand, she's always kind of been on that side. She's getting closer to that line.
0: Right. I want to I want to end up just talk about two more things. Okay, we're we're almost an hour. Okay, so two more little scenes, and then uh, we are done for now. Okay, is that I want to talk about Regina showing compassion Mm -hmm. on Ursula and Cruella, which is a polar opposite from season one. Oh yeah, for sure. And
1: again, going far away from that line.
0: Obviously, on the other side of it. obviously, Rumple knows uh-huh. to play on her good side uh-huh. to let them in. Right. right. But I thought it was very, very interesting that she said, I didn't deserve a second chance, and I got one, and I took it, I used it. Why not give them a second right. chance if they are, in fact, right. turned over a new leaf? Right. Why not give them a chance?
1: Yeah. And the fact that Snow and Charming were the two who were like, nope, nope, bad idea, right. bad idea. Right. And it was funny because I thought it was interesting that Emma, of course, called them to tell them what was going on. Just out of nowhere, she just randomly said, um, you know, we're in the middle of running away from a Chernabog trying to kill this thing. And I think I'm going to call my parents and let them know it's happening, which I guess is, you know, good to do. Good to do. But the fact that you know when when Snow got off the phone and told Charming what she said, and Ursula and and Cruella are here, yeah. that was kind of a red flag for me because I'm like, wait, they know them how? How do they know them? They had to have had mm-hmm. some dealing with them, right? right? And then when they said nope 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 bad idea bad idea don't let them in don't let them in this is a bad idea really bad idea we don't know how can we trust them we don't know anything about them how can we trust them that was another red flag I'm going snow really that's never snow's take on anything snow is the first to give somebody a second third fourth fifth chance she's yeah. done with Regina a thousand times
0: true the so
1: that was a red flag
0: a little nod I,
1: I do love that sorry I do love that Regina and Emma. We were united. Yeah. A united front mm-hmm. against Snow and Charming's, you know, objections. I like that they were united and they were like, you know, we're willing to take this chance.
0: And we did see a little tip of the hat to our previous story arc of Elsa's scroll yes. being used. Mm-hmm. Snow to... Queen.
1: Snow Queen's not Elsa's. Okay. It was Snow, Snow
0: Queen. The, yeah. uh, the scroll mm-hmm. to see and go into uh, right. Storybrook. Yeah. And then we come to the final thing where the weak stumbling needed a cane, rumple,, yeah. crossing over that line, yeah. throwing that cane away, oh yeah, and taking charge. and basically saying, it was kind of like prison. Yeah. He said, "All these things I did outside of Storybrooke. Yeah, can you imagine what I will do now that I'm in Storybrooke, right. playing from the background in the shadows, doing all that I'm I'm going to do now? Yeah.
1: So, well, and I love the whole response of Wait a minute! So we're going to get to do all the work again?" He's like, "No, look what I did. Right. That's why." That's why we need to do this. We are a team, and that's how it's going to work. He was actually, I think, very scared that they weren't going to come back for him. Yeah. I think he was really worried that he had maybe gambled a little too much. And then when they were there and he got the, the scroll dropped, that's when I think he was like, okay, all right, we're good now.
0: He. It was very chilling to hear him say what he told them as they were walking down the street. Uh-huh. He said, "I want you to make friends, and I want you to build relationships." Uh huh. That is chilling. Very. Because very, and very normally, mm-hmm. normally you hear that from a a good side of things. You know the the best way to be a friend is make a friend. The right. best way to have relationships is build relationships. Yeah. It's just you start and and all that, but it was very sad he even did the old blues brothers we're reuniting the band yeah and so it's good to see him back in storybrook but it's just going to be some tough times
1: oh we're in definitely just wait till
0: bell finds out
1: the worst part is is that dagger's kind of out in the open now because they believe he can't come back and that's a problem they really need Mm -hmm. to hide that thing because once he gets it it, all hell is going to break loose on them, and that's the unfortunate reality. That was the that was the one scene. The next scene that I think you want to talk about is the very final one with Mary Margaret and David yeah, going right. out there, out into the woods, and I, I was like, "How did they know to go there?" And finding Cruella and Ursula there, and having that conversation with them in the rain. Yeah, that was pretty. See, because if you
0: if you worry about Maleficent. If you tell and you cross us, I will take your heart out myself.
1: Dark snow.
0: Right. So, There's still
1: that little spot. At, well, the worst part is, actually, she only has half a heart. So does, right. so does Charming.
0: You know, and the one thing I'll say is that it, every character has a good moment, a good side, and a dark side in a bad moment Mm -hmm. and and we're seeing that it just kind of it rotates around
1: right and do you see what i see as being a theme that i think they're going to go for in this season the villains are turning good right if the villains turn good what's happening to the heroes
0: well and this is what i'll say and i i saved it to the end i i guess i should have said it at the beginning but the key to a hero is that the hero not only is strong magical whatever but a hero's tested Mm -hmm. and that's what we're going to see we're going to see the hero because it's just kind of like these obstacles and the strengths and all that that is the path that you're going to see emma go through sure is facing these obstacles can she get past this and and not turn and not fall and that's really going to be interesting this season. I think we've seen just a little microcosm of this season in this episode right, right here. Right. Like I said, a, a bumpy episode, I'm still on board. I, oh, I absolutely! Just, it, it's like I said. The yeah. payoff
1: at the end was well worth it. Right, and the preview for next week is going to be it's going to be real interesting too. So I'm kind of excited to see what they do, how they go down this path because it looks like we're going to see some some flip flopping on on the roles. So we're seeing a villain turn into a hero. Are we going to see a hero turn into a villain? Yeah. That'll be interesting to see how that goes.
0: Yes, indeed. And so we come to the end of our first thoughts about darkness on the edge of town. I want to thank everyone for listening to us, however you found us. Until next time, I want to send big love out to everybody. Mm -hmm. And if you're new to the podcast, big love is love so big that you can't keep it all. And why would you? So take what you need and pass on the rest to someone else. And that's what makes life worth living. So until next time, this is Jeff and Colleen and our little dog ladies over there sleeping. (laughs) She is sleeping away. We will say goodbye and we will talk to you soon for the main show. So come back for that, please. Yes, here we go. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This is a Rony's own media production. Our website is onceuponatimepodcast.com. You can contact us by going to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash contact. You can also connect with us on social media by going to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash connect. If you enjoy what we do and would like to support us, we invite you to go to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash support. There's a number of ways that you can help us out, and we truly thank you for it. The Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast, where you experience more of the magic of ABC TV's Once Upon a Time.